Welcome back. Uh, it has it, it, it's been a busy last couple weeks. Uh, that is for my absence on the podcast or recording, at least. I haven't had the time. There's been a lot of things going on uh, in life. Nothing is guaranteed right now, so I won't say anything until things are guaranteed. But career-wise, life-wise, everything is going great. So just been kind of focused on that lately, but. Got a couple things to to announce. This is it's really cool. Um, as everyone knows, because of my sponsor at the beginning of every single episode, that Anchor is my sponsor. And Anchor just emailed me earlier this week saying that they will be doing video form podcasts on Spotify, which is really cool. I don't know how many Spotify listeners I have. The demographics don't really tell me exactly how many people are listening from Spotify, but that's a super cool feature. Uh, I don't know anyone who is familiar with the Joe Rogan podcast. Obviously, they have been basically all of his podcasts have been turned into video form, and I guess they were using that as a template to see how it would do. And it, it's really cool to see uh, podcasts on you know, video form podcasts on a different platform other than YouTube. So I will be doing those. Not every single one of them will be like that. Uh, obviously, but I definitely will be diving into that. I'll be expanding and looking into that within the next couple weeks to see how it'll do. I also need some better lighting in my in my studio at home. I'm actually not even recording at home right now. Uh, I will not dox myself. I will not say where I am. I will not say who I'm with, but yeah, not home right now. Um, a little bit out of my element, but yeah, that's a super cool feature that I wanted to say that Maybe I will be using sometime in the near future. So if you're listening on different podcast platforms, maybe when I announce that I will be doing a podcast in video form, maybe you want to hop over to Spotify, check that out. It'll be really cool. I think that uh, it's definitely something that I would enjoy. I I mean, when we first started this whole journey, the YouTube channel, everything like that, our first like 10 or 15 episodes weren't even in audio form. It was just purely in video form on YouTube. So, uh, if, if you guys have been here since then, you know that we love, we loved to do video form podcasts and I would like to get back to that. Not all of them, like I said, but definitely some of them will be video form. Uh, that's not the only thing I want to talk about before we get into, uh, week seven or we'll really, we'll talk about, uh, how the week six pick them went, and then we'll talk about week seven because I haven't been able to upload two episodes a week like I said I would, but you know, sometimes life does get in the way, so that's perfectly fine. But also, I want to announce that I will, I already have three videos in the works on the way coming next week. 
if my schedule between my possible new job and my job now allows me to on YouTube. Really want to buckle down on the YouTube content. I haven't put out, I'm actually looking at my list, my content list so far of what I what I've put out in the last month or so. And I really haven't put anything too spectacular out since a couple weeks ago with my Shohei Otani versus Babe Ruth uh, comparison video. That was that was a stellar video. I really had fun doing that. And also it was received very well. But I will drop the content now as like a, a, a precursor to when it's coming out, either this week or over the next uh, over the course of the next 10 days, maybe a couple weeks. Uh, I don't like to post too, too much on YouTube all the time. Uh, maybe maybe two times a week, maybe three times, depending on highlights of football games or highlights of baseball games. Uh, I don't like to oversaturate the market because then I feel like some of the really good quality videos get lost. But uh, the first one that I will be putting out soon, I am actually waiting until the games commence tomorrow. But I've been working on this piece about Patrick Mahomes and why I think uh, NFL teams and the NFL in general is starting to kind of figure out how to play defense against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so look out for that. It's a whole deep dive. I used the, uh, what actually inspired me, uh, to do this video was the ringer, which is a great sport. You know, uh, the website itself is great. I mean, they have great content on YouTube. They have great articles and the article was in fact, um, how the league is starting to figure out Patrick Mahomes and it, and it went deep into it, but it kind of cut off at areas where I thought could have been expanded. So I'm going to be piggybacking off of the ringers article and just kind of going a little bit deeper into the stats and, and why Patrick Mahomes paired with the fact that the chiefs defense really isn't that good this year could be very beatable this year. And, and they might have a harder road to the super bowl that people think that they usually do. I mean, obviously, when you have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyron Matthew, Tyreek Hill, you know, you name it, they got it on on a team, a great offensive line. You know, anything could happen and they could rattle off. They could win every single game from here on out and everything will be fine and dandy. But you're definitely seeing something different in the Chiefs offense this year. I mean, yeah, they're still scoring, but Patrick Mahomes is being exposed um, for some of the bad throws and bad decision makings that bad decision making that he does make. But that's as far as I'll get into it. I will get into it more obviously in the video, so look out for that. The next one after that is kind of a, I don't want to say it's a clickbaity title, but it is going to be called, Is Derrick Henry Already One of the Goat Running Backs of All Time? And I, I know that might sound crazy and people who are thinking are probably going to be like, wow, that's that's someone who's never watched football will say something like that. But believe me, some of the stats, if you look it up, do support my theory that when it's all said and done, Derrick Henry might be considered a top five running back of all time. Maybe even the GOAT considering, you know, what we know in terms of athletics and how defenders are bigger and stronger and faster than they ever been. Every year, everyone is evolving. So um, I'll be the first to say it. I don't really think Jim Brown should be considered the best running back of all time. That was when he was playing in a, in a very segregated league. Uh, you know, strength and condition. He was just bigger than everyone else. That's that's really what it was. Was he was? I, I don't really recall what he was. Maybe he was six two, six three, whatever he was. Through two hundred and forty pounds, when some linebackers probably weren't even cracking like two hundred and ten pounds back in those days. And you know, tackling methods, everything like that. I just think it's too far back 
to really be calling someone the GOAT. I think, first off, I think Barry Sanders is the greatest running back of all time, and I'll stand by that for a really long time, unless Derrick Henry runs for 2,000 yards, like three or four straight years. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll have a, a change of heart, but I think it's going to be tough to knock off Barry Sanders, but I really wanted to do a deep dive into this kind of content where we kind of just look at the numbers and we kind of play the what-if game, and we kind of do, do projections and stuff along those lines. I kind of did that with the Otani versus Ruth video. And it, like I said, it was perceived well, and I had a lot of fun doing it. And it was super quick to make too. Sometimes the videos, um, the production of the videos are a lot longer than, you know, it's really worth it. But that video was kind of super quick to make. And, and I would love to really get into more of those topical discussion based questions uh, and videos like I was doing in, in previous years. Uh, previous months. And then last but not least, after this week in college football, I'm pretty sure that every single uh, FBS and FCS team has played at least six games. So I would really love to do a, you know, halfway through the college football season 2022 mock draft. I know I go, I'm going kind of crazy this year, but I really want to start early this year because the talent pool isn't exactly as fruitful as we would hope so it's not as easy to call you do have to do a lot more of, of deep diving and, and really researching these prospects to kind of you know put them in the right spot so i really wanted to start early this year this would be my third mock draft already this year for 2022 so kind of crazy to think but i'm not going to call it a way too early like i did with the first and the second i'm going to call it the you know midway through the college football season 2022 mock draft so look out for that that'll probably be out that'll probably be the last of the three videos that i make this week or, or within the next couple weeks i hope that all three of them will be out uh i think they'll also be in audio form as well uh, they're not going to be super long videos so i hope that interests you guys i, I hope you guys tune in i, I really appreciate it if you guys watched but i think i might just convert the those might be video form podcasts, especially the mock draft. So that would be super cool to use. I think that tool is only useful on Spotify because Anchor is paired up with Spotify. So I don't know if you would be able to view it on any other streaming platform. But like I said, if you do have Spotify, please do yourself a favor and go over to it. Like I said, I will let you guys know when I will be using this tool. But without further ado, after I am jammering on for about 10 minutes now, wow, talking about what's coming up and talking about why I've been kind of sort of absent for the last two weeks, where, you know, where I've been, what I've been doing. I want to just talk very quickly about last week's Pick'em, and this was easily my best Pick'em, I think, ever. Uh, I went 12-2 and two last week and Pick'em. I, I, you know, it's really on me. I mean, there was one game that no one could really call the Tennessee Titans versus the Buffalo Bills. I'm pretty sure everyone in their pick'em had the Buffalo Bills, but I did also pick the Los Angeles Chargers over the Baltimore Ravens last week, and they got hammered. I think it was 34 to 6 was the final score. So uh, just two blemishes on the record there. I'm going to pull up the record now. Uh, quick, quick disclaimer, since I wasn't able to get this video out before Thursday Night Football, I will tell you my Thursday night football pick, and I did pick the Broncos over the Browns, and if I was a betting man and I used betting lines, I would have got that right, but for the final score of 17-14, to 14, the Browns did beat the Broncos, so already I am off to an 0-1 start on the week, but that is the first time this season that I have lost the first game of the year, so there's a first time for everything, but 
as my pick'em record stands right now, I am 65 and 30 on the season. Uh, pretty awesome, if you ask me. I mean, that that's pretty damn solid. But I'll just run through these quickly. Uh, yes, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did beat the Eagles last week, uh, 28 to 22. I got that right. I did at the last second. Now, if you recall last week, I did call. Um, that the Miami Dolphins would beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I did have a last second change of heart. And especially once I waited until the injury report came out. And once I heard that uh, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones were both going to be out, I figured that there was no way, no shot, Jimmy Jones, Jimmy Johns, that the Miami Dolphins would win. So I did pick the Jacksonville Jaguars and I will give you photographic proof if you do not believe me on that one. Uh, Packers over the Bears, simple stuff, Colts over the Texans, the Rams over the Giants, Chiefs over the Washington football team. Uh, like I said, I did get the uh, Chargers over the Ravens wrong. They got hammered 34-6. to The Bengals over the Detroit Lions, give me that. The Vikings over the Panthers, which was a tough one to call, and I did say from the beginning that this felt like a Kirk Cousins week, and that's exactly what it was. I'm pretty sure I said Kirk Cousins was going to throw for 350 yards and three touchdowns, and I think I was pretty spot on with that. I don't think he threw three touchdowns. I think it was two, but uh, I was pretty pretty bang on with that one, and then the Arizona Cardinals decimating the Cleveland Browns, and then the Raiders over the Broncos I picked as well. Cowboys over the Patriots, which was actually a thrilling game, to be honest with you. Steelers over the Seahawks, and then I did get the Monday Night Football game wrong. The Buffalo Bills did lose to the Tennessee Titans, 34-31. to So moving on to this week, like I said, I'm already starting off 0-1 because of Thursday night. So, yes, in one of the most boring games, yes, and I am a Jet fan, and I do watch every single Jet game, and this was probably the most boring football game I have ever watched. Uh, just, I don't usually like to go into the games that have already passed, but since we're on the subject, we might as well just talk about it for a little bit, but the uh, as much as I like Teddy Bridgewater and as much as I talk him up, uh, sometimes there is, you never know what you're going to get with Teddy, it's a mixed bag. Sometimes Teddy Bridgewater looks like he could go out there and throw for 300 plus yards and three touchdowns. And then there are games like Thursday where he goes out there and the defense plays kind of adequate and then he really doesn't have any answers. He's a check down machine when he doesn't have any answers. I mean, look at what Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams did through the air. I think they combined for like 10, I think 10 catches, like nine or 10 catches. Uh, so many of his throws were at the line of scrimmage or five yards past the line of scrimmage, the only throw that he really made that was kind of downfield was the interception that he threw. And it was a really, it, it was a bad interception. He didn't see the underneath coverage. And even if he, even if he did and he threw that ball and the underneath coverage wasn't there, it was severely behind the wide receiver in the end zone. So I don't know where he was going with that ball, but you know, uh, hats off to the Browns. Case Keenum came in and Case Keenum probably, You'd be hard-pressed to find a backup quarterback that's better than Case Keenum in the NFL. Uh, he is a savvy veteran. He knows what it, he knows what it takes to win. He's been in all different, basically every situation that you could throw at him, he's been in. And he came in and did the job. And how about, let's let's give it up for Ernest Johnson. I mean, I think he was drafted in, what, the sixth or seventh round in 2018 after a bad pro day. Uh, never really got a fair shake. And he finally got his first ever 
start in the NFL, and he went for 22 carries for 148 yards and a touchdown, and not to mention he added a couple catches along the way as well. So the Browns game planned for the Broncos absolutely perfectly, and this is exactly what we thought was going to happen with the Denver Broncos. We knew that they were a fraud to begin with. I mean, they started off 3-0, beating literally three of the worst teams in the NFL in the Jets, the Jaguars, and the Giants. We knew that once they run into a halfway decent defense and a halfway decent offense, they were going to struggle. And that's exactly what's happening. They're on a four-game losing streak. They are three and four. I picked them just because I thought between the decimation of injuries on the, the Cleveland Browns, I mean, Baker Mayfield was out. Nick Chubb was out. Kareem Hunt was out. They had a slew of guys on the, on the defense that were out as well. I just thought that Teddy Bridgewater has been through enough games in the NFL where he'd be able to pick apart that defense and quickly dispatch the Cleveland Browns. But uh, hats off to, like I said, to the Browns coaching staff and the players. They basically saved their season because, you know, they, they've had a, they've played a lot of tough games so far. They played a lot of tough opponents, and they came up on a short week incredibly incredibly shorthanded and they dispatched a fairly okay Denver Broncos team and improved to four and three. Uh, moving on to the actual picks themselves this week, uh, Green Bay Packers against the Washington football team is the first one up on my slot here. And I'm going to go with the Packers. The, the Packers are absolutely rolling ever since that infamous photo was taken of Randall Cobb, uh, Devante, whoa, Devontae Adams, excuse me. I was going to say Devontae Smith. <laughs> Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers standing on the sideline when the score was 38-3 to New Orleans Saints in week one, and Aaron Rodgers is smiling. That's a synonymous photo as they have been on a roll. They have won five straight games and probably already looking past the 2-4 and four Washington football team who have been big disappoint big disappointments so far this year, especially on the defensive side. Their passing defense has been absolutely atrocious so far. They got, I mean, well, you can't really go off of last week. They got lit up for over 400 passing yards against the Chiefs last week, gave up 31 points. Even on the ground, they weren't good. They gave up two touchdowns on the ground. Their pass rush has not been there so far this year. It's just been a, a massive, massive disappointment. And even on the Green Bay, even on the Green Bay Packers side, they haven't played their best ball yet. Like, yes, they have won five straight games and they have looked very good, but they haven't played their best ball. They played some pretty close games. The first half of week two against the Detroit Lions was close. Then before last week against the Bears, they played the Cincinnati Bengals where they really should have lost because Evan McPherson had two chances to kick the game winning field goal and he did not. So they really should have lost there. And then they let the Chicago Bears hang around until about the eighth minute with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So I, we haven't seen their best ball. We've seen Aaron Rodgers play, you know, good. We haven't seen him really light it up yet. But at, then again, it doesn't really look like he necessarily needs to right now. Aaron Jones is playing pretty decent ball. A.J. Dillon is is a great backup. So I'm assuming Aaron Rodgers is kind of keeping his reserve tank full. And when he really needs to use it, he'll use it. But uh, I fully expect the Green Bay Packers to dispatch the Washington football team. They have just not lived up to expectations so far this year. And they, I mean, for the Washington football team themselves, this could be a humongous turnaround win. It already looks like they're not going to be able to win the NFC East as the Dallas Cowboys are one field goal away from being a 6-0 and football team and looking like absolute gangbusters. You know, Dak Prescott and... 
Kellen Moore are on the same page. And even the defense is playing amazing. Trayvon Diggs, whose numbers are quite deceptive. He's not as good as everyone thinks just because he has a lot of picks. doesn't mean anything. Picks, if, if you if you look at interceptions as your number one metric for defense in the NFL, then there's something wrong with you. But yes, the Green Bay Packers will dispatch the Washington football team. It could be a humongous momentum shifting win for the Washington football team if it happens. I just can't see it happening. I think it will be a closer game than anticipated because the Green Bay Packers have let teams like the Washington football team hang around them for a little bit too long in the game. So I I could expect maybe this game to be kind of close in the fourth quarter and then Aaron Rodgers just kind of take over and and make this game a little bit a little bit more um, manageable. But yeah, I do have the Packers over the the Washington football team Um, right away. Then the next one is the three and three Kansas City Chiefs over the four and versing the four and two Tennessee Titans. Tough one to really tough one to call because, you know, Derrick Henry is just on an absolute tear right now. It's going to be, I don't know, man. I, I The only thing that's keeping my pick being the Kansas City Chiefs is that the Tennessee Titans cannot stop the passing game to save their life. It's really sad. They let everyone just throw all over them. I'm pretty sure that they are letting up close to 350 passing yards per game. I'm pretty sure that that would blow away an NFL record if if that were to hold true throughout the entire season. I mean, their their secondary is just Swiss cheese, but then again, they have that absolute freak of nature, Derrick Henry on the offensive side, and they have literally he is. Uh, sorry to break it to you, people, but Derrick Henry is the clear cut MVP of this season so far. If the season ended right now, Derrick Henry would absolutely be the MVP. In six games, he has like seven hundred. I'm I gotta pull up his stats actually. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take a sip of water as well while I do that. But Derrick Henry is just an absolute monster so far this year. Let's pull up these these rushing statistics real quick. Uh, pardon me. Let's see. Where is that game? Chiefs? Titans? Let's see. Derrick Henry, 162 carries for 783 yards and 10 touchdowns through six games. Not to mention, he's actually had uh, more involvement in the passing game so far this year as well. That's something to note. But if we're going to get into a shootout, I feel like there's no other quarterback I'd rather have in a shootout than Patrick Mahomes. So... You know, at least the Chiefs defense could kind of rally around and maybe stop Derrick Henry. You know, honestly, stopping Derrick Henry is like 150 yards and one touchdown. That's like a win right there. That's like that's like holding any other running back in the NFL to like 25 yards on 10 carries. If 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 Derrick Henry only has like 100 plus rushing yards and no touchdowns or one touchdown against you, you should be kissing the ground that he walked over because it's holy. But I am going to stick with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I'm not to 60 the the way that people are picking this is 62% Chiefs 38% Titans I think this should be way closer like I said only reason why I I'm picking the Chiefs is because if we're going to get into a shootout I'd rather have Patrick Mahomes over Derrick Henry despite the fact that Patrick Mahomes maybe isn't playing his best ball so far this year I'm definitely going to going to go with the Chiefs if we're going to get into a high scoring affair moving on to the next game after that on the slate is the Atlanta Falcons and the Miami Dolphins, and I'll be honest with you, and I'm very surprised by this as well. The two and three Atlanta Falcons, I feel like a lot of people that play pick'em 
just look at records and then pick off of that. This game will probably be a lot closer than both records indicate. The Atlanta Falcons are a, are a decent 2-3 and three football team, and the Miami Dolphins are a, a, a decent 1-5 football team, but the Miami Dolphins have just had an absolute stinker of a season so far. I'm going to beat... I'm going to beat a dead horse here and say that until your offense has some type of identity, you're not going to be able to win football games in the NFL. And the Miami Dolphins last year coasted through the regular season off the back of a good defense and the fact that Tua Tagovailoa was able to throw the ball seven yards to Mike Gesicki. That was it. That's not going to fly this year. If, if they really want to change, if they really want to turn this season around, first off, it has to start now against the Atlanta Falcons secondary, who is, I think, ranked like 28th or 29th in the NFL. You got to let the ball loose. You got to let your receivers do a little bit of work. Jalen Waddle looks like a very fine pick so far. I'd like to see him get more than two yards past the line of scrimmage and catch a ball. Be nice to see him use those burners every once in a while. Y- you have to start mixing it up. Don't forget about the run game. Just forget it. The uh, the Miami Dolphins far and away have the worst rushing attack in football between Salvin Ahmed, Miles Gaskin, and Malcolm Brown. It's just a, a three-headed horse of shit. That's all it is. It's it's terrible. I think they're averaging like 74 rushing yards a game, and that's with Jacoby Brissett starting two games and being a run-first quarterback. Uh, it's just a disaster. I'm going with the Falcons because Matt Ryan despite everyone saying that he's done in Atlanta, has actually done his very best so far this season to make the Atlanta Falcons a competitive football team. And he's also getting back Russell Gage, who he hasn't had since week two. So that's nice. You pair, And he's also getting Calvin Ridley back, who he didn't have in the London game. So he didn't have Russell Gage. He didn't have Calvin Ridley. Kyle Pitts broke out in a big way. Cordell Patterson is playing the best ball of his career. And then they have Mike Davis as well. So I, I think that the Falcons will definitely walk away from this game with a victory. Moving on to the next game on the slate, and I'm not falling for the trap again. I fell for the trap in week two where the <coughs> pardon me, the New York Jets and the New England Patriots are playing. I'm easily going with the New England Patriots here because, like I said, I fell into the trap in week two. I was high off the fact that Zach Wilson looked fairly decent against an okay Carolina Panthers defense, and he looked like he was able to make all the Superman throws, and I still believe that. There's no doubt, but... Picking against Bill Belichick when he's going up against a rookie quarterback is probably as close to 100% wrong as you can possibly be. I'm not going to make the same mistake twice. Do I think that the game will be a little bit better? Yes, I think Zach will. It has to be. For Zach Wilson and the Jets to prove that they are a competent football team and he is a competent, competent, confident NFL quarterback, he needs to make adjustments. He can't go out there. He can't throw 200 yards and four interceptions again. He has to go out there and actually show some improvement. If he throws a pick, maybe two, so be it. But if he makes better decisions and and he figures out the defense a little bit better, then I'll be okay with them losing. But it cannot be the same thing as last time. It cannot be, uh, I don't even, 25 to 6. It cannot be a thorough domination. The Jets defense played very well last time, 25 points, <clears throat> considering that you're on the field for 65% of the game is tremendous. So, I mean, also it's different now. Let, let's take that into account as well. It is week seven. Mac Jones has looked very acclimated to the NFL at this point. Um, 
you know, through the first five weeks of the season, he wasn't throwing the ball downfield with any confidence whatsoever. They weren't even really letting him throw the ball downfield. It was run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass. Now Mac Jones has gotten into a little bit of a comfort zone. He almost eked out a win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he lost in overtime to a very good Dallas Cowboys team. So he's he's pretty confident right now. He's made He's had a couple really good performances. Uh, I do not think the Jets will win. I think they have a slight chance. I think if Zach Wilson just doesn't turn into a turnover machine again and he doesn't get into his head, doesn't try to play hero ball, he just lets the plays develop. And if the offensive line could kind of hold up just a little bit and the Jets have a, a halfway decent running game because the... New England Patriots are one of the worst rush defenses in the league. They have to take advantage of that. They came out firing last time and it didn't work. And then they just loaded the box up. And then every time the Jets tried to run, it was just stuffed for anywhere between three yards or negative loss. So, you know, you got to establish the run quickly. And then that's exactly what they did. If you think back to the Jets only win against the, the Tennessee Titans, what they did was they established the run in the second quarter. They didn't abandon it. They were horrible in the first half against the Titans. Horrible. They came out. They ran the ball a few times. They ran it very effectively. And then they were passing the ball extremely effectively off of the run. That's what this Jets team has to do. They have no one that's going to blow you away. They have no one that you really have to specifically game plan for. So you're going to have to play sound, organized football. And that's exactly what they have to do to have a chance. But then again, I do think that the Patriots, home, by the way, are going to beat the Jets. But I would like to see a little bit of an improvement from the Jets. And I'll be completely fine with them losing. Then, moving on to the Carolina Panthers and the New York Giants, the Carolina Panthers got off to a 3-0 start this season. Now they are sitting at 3-3. They're coming off of three tough losses, though, in a row. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. I know that they lost to the Cowboys. I don't remember who they lost in the middle of that. And then they lost to the Vikings in overtime last week. Uh, they are playing a absolutely lifeless, limp, hapless New York Giants team. And it is not anyone else's fault. It's not even the Giants' fault, really. It's just terrible luck and too many injuries. The New York Giants are floundering right now. They get back to it, it sucks because they get back Darius Slayton, but then of course they're without Kenny Galladay. They're without Sterling Shepard. They're without Saquon Barkley. They might be without Evan Ingram. You know, it's just like uh, what the hell is going on here? Like we, this is ridiculous. So I feel really bad for the Giants. I feel bad for Daniel Jones. He took an absolute hammering last week against the Rams. Really, not much that he could do. I mean, he had no receivers. The Giants' defense was horrible. Uh, you know, uh, you got to chalk that one up. People are saying, oh, Daniel Jones is absolutely horrible. You put anyone in the same situation that Daniel Jones was in last week, probably going to play the same, if not maybe a little worse or a little bit better. Their outcome was always going to be the same. The Rams were going to run away with that game, no doubt about it. So I, I until the Giants get somewhat healthy, they are not going to be a competitive football team. I have absolutely no faith in them, and that's not me being a Jet fan. Like I always say, I have no problem with the Giants. I actually do like seeing the Giants win. It, it's it's nice because as as a New York per, as as a New Yorker, we don't really get to see any team outside of I guess you can count the Nets. I don't really want to count the Nets outside of the Nets or the Islanders or the Yankees really winning. So it's nice to see them win every once in a while, but until they get healthy or at least somewhat healthy, they don't stand a chance against anyone that they come up against unless they come up against the Jaguars. Or the Lions. 
Moving on to the next game after that, and it goes against my better judgment here, I will say. The Baltimore, this is in a very intriguing matchup. The 5-1 and one Baltimore Ravens, who are streaking are absolutely on fire, have won five straight. Lamar Jackson has looked like the best quarterback in football over that stretch. Yes, you heard me right. The best quarterback in football over that stretch. I firmly believe that. Is going up against the 4-2, and two, could be 6-0 and oh, Cincinnati Bengals, which is insane to think. But I am going to go with the Baltimore Ravens here just because of the sole fact that Lamar Jackson is playing absolutely out of his mind. No defense. The 85 Bears, the 2000 Ravens, no one. The 2012-2013 Seattle Seahawks couldn't come up with a game plan for this guy. You give him no receivers, he's still going to throw the ball pretty effectively. You give him no offensive line, he's still going to roll out and make plays with his legs. Lamar Jackson, it's about time that, I mean, he's already a former MVP. It's about time that people really start putting the appropriate amount of respect on his name because he's really showing us this year why he was a former MVP and why it might have been a mistake for him to slide all the way down to 32 in the 2018 draft. The guy is just a flat-out baller. He has more yards by himself than 19 teams in the NFL. That stat alone should tell you exactly how good of a player Lamar Jackson is, and none of that is in garbage time. They have been, except for last week when they beat the Chargers 34-6, to they have been in grinding games out, game after game after game. This guy has to put in 110% on every single play. And honestly, if it wasn't for how dominant Derrick Henry has been and how historic he's been throughout the first six games of the year, I would say that Lamar Jackson would be my 2021-2022 NFL MVP, but he's playing out of his mind. The Bengals are playing fantastic football. They already look like the most improved team in the NFL far and away. The defense has been top 15 so far this year. Joe Burrow has played great. Jamar Chase has been a revelation. You know, Logan Wilson on the defensive side has proven to be a really, really great find in the third round last year and an absolute defensive leader. Trey Hendrickson has played well. Their pass rush has been good. Their run blocking has been well. Joe Mixon, Chris Evans, Samachi Apirine, everyone has had a chance to tote the ball, to tote the rock this year, and they they have made the absolute most of it. The Bengals are playing great football right now. I expect this game to be a one-score game. It's going to be a lot closer than people do think. I think it might be like a like a 34-31 game, though. I could see it being high-scoring. Um, you know, Lamar is going to put up points against whatever defense you put in front of him, and the, the Baltimore defense has been a real letdown so far this year. It has forced Lamar Jackson to probably... To probably ex- ex- I can't even like describe probably he probably doesn't want to have to play every single snap at 110% and that's exactly what he has to do with the type of defense that he has and it's not anyone's fault you know they lost a couple of key pieces uh, and now on the offensive side of the ball in inclusion to losing you know JK Dobbins before the season even started now Ronnie Staley is out he's possibly out with one of the best tackles in football that no one probably knows about he looks like he might be out for the entire season I heard it's a possibility so it's going to be interesting to see that is on Trey Hendrickson's side. So it's going to be interesting to see how Trey Hendrickson, he could be the X factor in this game for a Bengals victory. But at the end of the day, I do think Lamar Jackson's legs and his arm is going to be way too much for really anyone at this point with the kind of ball that he's playing. Then you move on to the Raiders and the Eagles. And this is just a matchup. I mean, 
I I did pick the Raiders because I picked the Raiders last week. And anytime, make no, no bleh, make no mistake about it, when there is a coach that is not really that popular and he gets fired or he resigns or you know some kind of scandal pops up, the team always bounces back resiliently. I can't tell you why, but it happens all the time. I knew last week without even doing a shred of 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 statistical deep diving or looking at matchups, looking at tape like I usually do before, you know, an, uh, an episode, I usually try and get a, you know, uh, like a, like an idea of how the team played the week before, despite what I just see on ESPN. Like I love looking at film. I love looking at tape. That's just one of my sicknesses that I have. I love looking at statistics. Anyway, you know, the, I knew before the game even started that the Raiders were going to beat the Broncos because that's just what happens when when a team is in the limelight for the, all the wrong reasons. They always somehow bounce back and win that first game. And I think that they're going to come back and win this next game against the Philadelphia Eagles because the Eagles are just look like a big pile of, of garbage right now, honestly. I mean, it, they actually fought really hard against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but they only fought hard because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers let the, let them get back into the game. They took their hand off the, the throat of the Philadelphia Eagles when the game was, what, 21-6 to or, or 28-6, to whatever it was. They, they kind of let them back into the game, so that was on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was on their side. That was their problem, but... You know, the, the Philadelphia Eagles are just a mess all over the place. They just lost... One of their franchise greats, they traded away Zach Ertz to the uh, Arizona Cardinals, so that's one less weapon for Jalen Hurts to use. You know, he's got a good rapport with Devontae Smith. I already heard rumors that Jalen Rager might be tr- traded as well. I mean, it's, it's just going to be one of those years for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. I don't want anyone to to misconstrued my words. I think that Jalen Hurts has more than enough talent to be a quality NFL quarterback, and he has shown flashes of why he was drafted so high and why he eventually replaced Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. I do think he has what it takes to take the appropriate roster around him to the playoffs, and this is not the appropriate roster really for anyone to take this team to the playoffs. So I think it's going to be a rough go of it from here on out. I can only really see, looking at the the Philadelphia Eagles' remaining schedule, I can only see them winning maybe two or three more games with the way that they've been playing. They've just been thoroughly outmatched, and on the ground, it's sickening. It is absolutely sickening to watch the the Philadelphia Eagles play defense against an opposing running back. It's it's laughable. It was extreme. It all started when they played the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football. And Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard basically ran for like 800 yards against them. Last week, playoff Lenny showed up on Thursday and just carved up the the Philadelphia Eagles run defense like a like a, a roadkill carcass on the side of the road. I always try I always use Christmas ham as an analogy, so I tried to really switch it up, and that one didn't really work. Relax. Give, give me a break. It's it's been a rough not it hasn't been rough. It's been a long couple weeks. Give me a break. Um yeah, it's it's atrocious. If you want to really get a good laugh, just flip on the Eagles game and then watch them play defense against a running back. It's it's hilarious. It's like it's like they don't. It's like the the running back is lava and you don't want to touch him. Like it's hilarious. It's they're consistently giving up anywhere between like five to twelve yards per rush. It's it's horrendous. So yes, I am. Long story short, I am going with the Raiders on this one. 
The next one, super easy. Don't even really have to say anything about this game. It is the 5-1 Los Angeles Rams against the 0-6 Detroit Lions. All I'm going to say for this one, I am picking the Los Angeles Rams. Matthew Stafford revenge game. He is going to come in. I thoroughly expect Matthew Stafford to throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns against this hapless Detroit Lions team. Then the next game after that, another quick one, the 6-0 Arizona Cardinals against the 1-5 Houston Texans. As long as Davis Mills, I said it after week two or week three, as long as Davis Mills is the quarterback of the Houston Texans, they don't stand a chance. And even if Tyrod Taylor was the starting quarterback of the Houston Texans, they barely stand a chance against anyone. That is a bad football team. They were in it until about the third quarter last week against Indianapolis, and then Indianapolis just basically took over. They, they have, it's just a mess. Defensively, they have no, no rush defense. They have no secondary. It's, it's sad to see. I, I could see, I, I saw the spread on this, I think it was 17 and a half. I could see Arizona doubling it. I could see Arizona putting up like a 50 burger on the, on the Houston Texans tomorrow. I could see the final score being like 52 to like 14 or 10 or Something like that. The Arizona Cardinals, I saw a metric yesterday that was absolutely incredible. The In every single offensive and defensive metric that the NFL offers you, the Arizona Cardinals are top five across the board in every single, in every single important defensive and offensive metric. That is insane, with most of them being in the top two or top three. Absolutely insane. The Arizona Cardinals have had somewhat of a soft schedule so far this year. The 6-0 and probably will be most likely will be seven and zero after tomorrow could be deceiving they could run into some real problems towards the back end of their schedule but they've done more than enough to show that they will easily be the second team out of the nfc west as the playoff team uh, maybe even the first team who knows but i do think that they will run into some struggles towards the latter half of the schedule i mean you look at games against jacksonville they didn't really kyler murray didn't really play too well against jacksonville they didn't really have the greatest game uh against san francisco they didn't really have the greatest game too they kind of allow some teams to stay in it and then it's funny then they'll blow away teams like the cleveland browns and the los angeles rams so uh, any given sunday anyone could beat anyone but i just i just think that's funny that Arizona Cardinals will let some teams they play down to their competition it seems but this is this is an easy one I mean I just hope Brandon Cooks gets like 10 catches that would be nice because I really need some I mean the bye week has absolutely killed my my fantasy football lineup I, I need Brandon Cooks to get like 10 catches 100 yards and a touchdown at least moving on to the next game we're in the the last three games of the week like I said six teams are on a bye so there's only 13 games being played this week one already being played so there's only 12 left for the <clears throat> pardon me for the slate the five and one Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are on fire against the three and three Chicago Bears now to me I, I forgot that the Chicago Bears were three and three I thought they were two and four playing some pretty decent football it looks like they're starting to get their feet under them with Justin Fields as the starting quarterback they played half decent against the very game Green Bay Packers team last week I don't expect it to be the same against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, Tom Brady at 44 years old. I say it every single week. Guy just continues to amaze me. Uh, I don't want to get too much into it. The Tampa Bay, I'm going to ride the Tampa Bay Buccaneers until they come up against like a legitimate opponent that I really think they'll have a, they won't have so much of a chance to beat. But the Chicago, what I look for the Chicago Bears is I look for the Chicago Bears, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace 
I I really want to see them utilize the pass game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have one of the most contrasting defenses in the NFL. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the number one rush defense and the number, I think it was like the number 25 or 26 pass defense. Just, just load it up, man. Just rear back and throw it because you're probably going to be down a few scores. Let the kid throw. I want to see Justin Fields throw the ball anywhere between 30 to 35 times on Sunday. And I want to see, I want to see him really, really get involved in the passing game. I want to see a couple touchdowns, maybe a 300 yard performance. I want to see something good from the, from the rookie passing the ball. I feel like it's been way too conservative so far for a guy who has Justin Fields capabilities and talents. Then moving on to the Sunday night affair between, it's actually a pretty interesting game, between the Indianapolis Colts and the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, this will be, I guess this will be my upset of the week. I mean, there there really isn't much else to pick from, so I will take that. This will be my upset of the week. The Indianap- the 2-4 and four Indianapolis Colts really seem to be getting going on the offensive side of the ball. After they beat the Miami Dolphins, they played a really, really good game offensively against the Baltimore Ravens, and then they beat the Houston Texans last week. They're going up against the San Francisco 49ers who are coming off of a bye week who are coming in pretty gimpy as well. Um, and then Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to play. So there you go. So Indianapolis Colts defense could get some good reps in there. Um, God, I really don't know why I hate Jimmy Garoppolo so much. I just, I think it just started off as a joke and then it just turned into a narrative. And now every time I see him, I, I'm just like, God, that guy sucks. Even though he puts in some pretty good performances, I just, I never believe in him. But getting back to it, Carson Wentz, also, if no one knows, everyone shits on Carson Wentz, but yet he has gone 144 pass attempts so far this year without throwing an interception. I mean, that's not throughout the entire year, but I mean, since his last interception, he's looked really good. He had a 400-yard game, a 425-yard game against the Baltimore Ravens. Then he came in and did exactly what he needed to do last week. I think he threw for 250 and two touchdowns. He's looked really, really good playing a, a not so great San Francisco 49ers secondary and a not so great San Francisco 49ers run defense. Uh, I, I expect Jonathan Taylor has really gotten going in the last couple weeks. He had uh, well over 150 yards against the Baltimore Ravens, and then he had over 150 yards against the Houston Texans. <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah, it is the Houston Texans. Sometimes you say a name so many times it doesn't make sense to you. I, I really had to check that for a second. But. Yes, I think the Indianapolis Colts, I, I believe this is in San Francisco. I want to say it's in San Francisco, and I feel like the Indianapolis Colts will go into San Fran and get the job done. And then Monday night, this was an appealing matchup, I guess. I mean, last year, this was an appealing matchup. The 3-2 and two New Orleans Saints, who are one of the most confusing football teams in the league, go up against the 2-4 and four and plummeting. Seattle Seahawks with Geno Smith at the helm. They actually played a fairly decent game with Geno at the helm on Sunday night last week. Two Sunday night games back-to-back for the Seahawks? I didn't even realize that. Wow. They really should... I mean, Monday, excuse me. So last week it was Sunday. This week it's Monday. They should really flex them out of that. Any other... Until Russell Wilson comes back, any other primetime game they have, they should just be flexed out. They are an absolute shit show to watch. And my favorite... Thing obviously, you know, I I never say that I'm a salty Jet fan. You guys know that I'm pretty bipartisan. But watching Jamal Adams have a chance last week, tied 2020 with less than two minutes to go, 
have a chance to make an interception and probably take it all the way to the house and probably give the Seattle Seahawks a win. Hits him right in the face mask and he completely misses it. That, to me, was a victory all in its own. And it was great because last week was tremendous for the Jets. The Jets had the best week that they've had all season and they didn't even play. They moved up in the draft order for 2022 because Seattle is getting increasingly worse. So they have two... They have two first-round picks. Right now, they have two top 10 picks in the NFL draft. The Bills lost, the Dolphins lost, and the the Patriots lost. Tremendous. I mean, how could it get better than that? Well, they could win. That would that would help, too, this week, but I highly doubt that that's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, going into this game, I mean... I no one believes in Geno Smith as the quarterback. Their defense is atrocious. I mean, the fact that they were even in the game against Pittsburgh just tells you how bad Big Ben is. That they were actually hanging around that game and it went to overtime. So the fact that it went to overtime and, you know, it's just not no good. Just absolutely no good for either team, for Pittsburgh or Seattle. But I think New Orleans gets the job done on Monday night. Uh I hope I would like to see a really good game from Alvin Kamara. We've yet to see an absolutely explosive game from the kid yet. Uh, Kamara's had a couple of good games, but I really like to see him. I'd like to see like 150 total yards and two or three touchdowns. I'd, I'd love to see a couple rushing touchdowns. I'd love to see a receiving touchdown because he's getting further and further away from the passing game. And I don't know if it's just because they're trying to switch up the offensive game plan because they got no other receivers or. It's just because uh, Jameis Winston, you know, he's not really a check down guy. He likes to just, he just likes to drop back and fire it. But I'd like to see a good game from Alvin Kamara. I think that the Saints defense will handle the Seattle Seahawks and Geno Smith quite well. And also Chris Carson is on IR and they have Alex Collins, who's not that bad, but he's not Chris Carson. So just, just a rough go of it. I I think it's going to be for the Seattle Seahawks until Russ comes back. And I think by the time Russ comes out, comes back, they will be thoroughly out of the playoff race, especially being in the most competitive division in football. It's going to be a rough go of it for them to even try and sniff the wild card. So there you have it. There is my week seven pick them starting off the week. Owen one, just how you want to start it off. Absolutely. Really appreciate. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen. I know it's a little bit late, but hopefully you are listening to this early on Sunday morning or Saturday night, just to kind of prime yourself for the week. It's going to be a good one. I, I feel like there's a lot of juicy matchups in this one. Uh, the one, obviously, that everyone is probably looking forward to, the two that everyone's probably looking forward to, is the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens, or the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tennessee Titans. And no one will blame me if you were looking forward to those. But uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, you will hear from me very soon. I promise as soon as MLB, as soon as uh, the Houston Astros made it to the World Series, congratulations to the Houston, Astro- Houston Astros. I was going to say the Houston Texans, God damn it. Um, and whoever wins the series between the LA Dodgers and the Atlanta Braves, I was going to say the Atlanta Falcons. You know, when you get in that groove, when you get in that groove talking about football, you kind of forget about the other teams. So whoever wins the series between the Dodgers and the Braves, I will do a World Series preview. And I'm not going to lie to you, this is probably the one year that I've watched watched the least amount of playoff baseball. Maybe it's just because the Yankees kind of sucked and they were out of it after the wild card game. I don't know. But uh, yeah, was haven't really been watching too much. I have, but not really. I haven't sat down and watched the games. I've just kind of watched highlights. 
But I am up to date, of course, on everything that is going on. So you will get a preview of the World Series once we know what the second team will be. Once again, the Houston Astros are the pennant winners in the AL for 2021. Of course they are. <laughs> um, but yes, you will get an MLB World Series preview from me. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I did. It's always great to be back behind the mic, regardless if it's my mic or someone else's. Y'all have a great day now. Thank you so much for watching. Take care now. Bye-bye then.